0: What this is, what this has to do with is the, it's, it's known as the Romans Road to Salvation. And, and what I want to do this morning is teach you how to lead people to Jesus using this Romans Road of Salvation. And, uh, you know, whenever you share Jesus with somebody, a lot of times they, they will want to know, and it's a good question. They'll say, well, well, why do I need to receive Jesus? What, what's the reason behind it? Why do I need to, to receive him? And, and, and how do I receive him? And th- this Romans road here in the book of Romans answers all those questions. The Romans road to salvation is a way of explaining the good news of salvation Using verses from just the book of Romans. Now, you can use other verses in the Bible, but but this is just a a tool that you can use, a concise way that you can take people to one book in the Bible and tell them everything they need to know about salvation and, and how to get saved. It is a simple yet powerful method of explaining why we need salvation, how God provided salvation and how we can receive salvation and the results of salvation. So let's take the first stop on the Romans road to salvation in Romans three, twenty three. Romans three, twenty three. Let's go there first. Romans three, twenty three. Notice what the Bible says. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, is there anybody that's ever lived other than Jesus himself that hasn't sinned? Everybody sinned. Did Adam sin? He's the first one, first human being to sin. Is that right in the garden of Eden? Is that correct? Did his wife sin? Yeah. Did Moses ever sin? Yeah. Did Abraham ever sin? Oh yeah. Did Isaac and Jacob Did they ever sin? Did 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 Joseph ever sin? Remember Joseph, got the coat of many colors. Did he ever sin? Yeah, Joseph. Did 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 Daniel ever sin? Yeah. Did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ever sin? Did King David ever sin? We know We know he committed adultery, didn't he? And, And murder. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, we can go on down. Did Elijah and Elisha ever sin? Yeah, they sure did. We can just keep that all the prophets in the Old Testament. Did they sin? Yes. Yeah. Let's move over to the New Testament and think about Peter. Did he ever sin? Yes. Well, he he sinned big time, didn't he? And and did the Apostle John, did he ever sin? Yes. Yeah. And and uh, now this one might throw some of our Catholic friends. Did Mary, the mother of Jesus, ever sin? Yes, yes she did. Oh, sure she did. The Bible said all have sinned. And you can just keep right on going. Paul, of course, he sinned and he come right on down. Billy Graham, the great evangelist. Did he ever sin? Yes. Yeah. Joyce Meyer, has she ever sinned? Yes. Yeah. How about you? Have you ever sinned? Yes. I've sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's nobody that's ever walked this planet other than the Lord Jesus Christ that has not sinned. So we need to realize and you need to see because some people they'll say, well, you know, I, I'm a pretty good person. Have you ever run into that when. See, I, I dealt with that in my mom early on. Well, I'm a good person. I, you know, I, I've done this, I've done that, I've done the other. And there's a lot of people Die. Trusting in the good things they've done to get them to heaven, and you know that's a dangerous place to die. You, if you if you die in that in that shape right there, you'll go to hell. It's very very clear. Thank God my mom didn't die, die there. I, I was able to position her over as we'll see as we go to where she needed to be. Um, but all have sinned. And you'll deal with this as you share with people. They'll, they'll, they'll be quick to tell you, well, I've done this, I've done that, I've been a pretty good person, you know, you know, I, you know, as long as you're pretty good, as long as you, as long as you do more good things than bad things. Have you ever heard any things like that out of people? Uh, This right here shows unequivocally that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God and His standard. There's nobody that hasn't missed it. Okay. now, as you look at Romans three, verse 10 through 18, these verses that we're on the first stop on a Romans road, these verses give us a detailed picture of what of what sin looks like in our lives. And let's just read this because you can can use this to show people notice as it is written, there is how many righteous, None. none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands, none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's where mankind is grouped. Right here. All of us. Right there. There is none righteous. Real loud say no not one. 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 No not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And since all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, now the second stop on the Romans road to salvation teaches us of the consequence of this sin. Look at Romans 6:23. Romans 6:23. The wages of sin is what? Is death. The wages of sin. Is death. There, there's a payment for sin. And what is that payment? It's what? It's death. You work all week. You get wages. You get a paycheck. Is that right? The paycheck of sin. The wages of sin. The payment for sin is death. Now you need to understand this. When you're talking to people. That it's not just physical death. See, physical death is a result of spiritual death. Do you remember in the Garden of Eden, God said to Adam, he said, of all the trees of the garden, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely what? Die. Die. And if you really study that out, it reads like this. In dying, you will die. In dying you will die. When he ate. When Adam ate. And Eve. When they ate of that. Of that. Of that. Uh, fruit. See if you look naturally at their natural bodies. Their natural bodies lived on for. Years and years and years and years. Well did God lie? He said in the day you eat thereof you'll surely die. No God didn't lie. See when they ate of that fruit. What happened? Their spirits. Their spirits died you see you're the real you is not that body the real you is a spirit being on the inside of that body see when i walked in that room wednesday morning when i walked in that room over there at delmar gardens my mother was not there i knew it i knew it before i ever got right when i got to the foot of the bed i knew she wasn't there what do you mean she wasn't there she wasn't there her body was there but her spirit had departed to be with Jesus Christ. The real her wasn't there. Tomorrow when, when I go to that funeral home, I'm not going tomorrow to see my mother. Did you hear what I just said? I said, I'm not going tomorrow to see my mother. Now I'm going to be at the funeral home. I'll be there, but I'm not going to see my mother. I'm going to see her body. Did you hear what I just said? Because my mother's not there. My mother isn't on the earth anymore. My mother's gone to heaven to be with Jesus. Her body is still on the earth, but she's not. You need to understand that. You need to be aware of these things. See, when they close that lid tomorrow, they're not closing that lid on my mom. My mom's not there. She's in heaven. They're closing that on her body. When they lower that, that casket into the into the ground side of my dad's body, they're not lowering my mom. They're lowering her body, her spirits in heaven with Jesus. We need to get a hold of these things and understand these things. See, and when, when Adam ate of that fruit, he died. What does that mean? His spirit was cut off from the life of God. Do you hear me? His spirit was cut off from the life of God. See, there's a spiritual death, that's separation from God. There's a physical death, that's when your spirit's separated from your body. And then there's an eternal death, and that's separation from God for eternity in a place known as hell. There's death on on three levels. Death on three levels. When Adam ate of that tree, he died spiritually. His spirit was separated from God. Many years later, he died physically when his spirit was separated from his body. And see, if you don't get your spirit hooked back up to God before you, before you die physically, before your spirit leaves your body, then your spirit will be eternally dead, eternally separated from God in a place known as hell, place of torment. That's why it's so important that we get Not only ourselves, but we get everybody that we know, everybody we come in contact with. We need to get their spirits hooked back up with the life of God before their spirit leaves their body. Can you say amen? Amen. Because if you don't, then their spirit will be dead eternally. Eternally separated from God in a place known as hell. And God doesn't want that to happen to anybody. The Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish. That any should, any should, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. But you need to realize that the wages of sin is spiritual death, physical death, and eternal death. Did you get a hold of that? See, you need to be able to explain that to people and, and get them to understand that. Now... Uh, Let me read from my notes. The punishment that we have earned for our sins is death, not just physical death. But what do we say? Spiritual death, physical death, eternal death. Now, the third stop on the Romans road to salvation takes us back to Romans five and eight. So let's go back to Romans five and eight. Hold your place there in Romans six. But let's go back to Romans five and eight. But God demonstrates, now we just read the wages of of sin is death. Is that right? How many of you glad that God doesn't leave us right there? That's wonderful. Now we're going to see the third stop takes us back to Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, oh, there's some good news. What happened? Christ Die, say this: Say Christ died, Christ died for us. Isn't that wonderful news? While we were still sinners, God demonstrated His own love toward us. That while we were still sinners, Christ—that's talking about Jesus Christ—died for us. Oh, that's 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 good news. There, friends. Now, then we pick back up with Romans six twenty-three. Notice what the first part of Romans 6.23 said. It said the wages of sin is death. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then notice what Romans 6.23, notice how it ends. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Praise God for that. See, the wages of sin is death, but realize say but. Oh, I'm glad for that. But how about you? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, through Christ Jesus, we can get our spirits hooked back up with the life of God. And that's what needs to happen to everybody before they die physically, before their spirit comes out of their body before your spirit comes out of your body in what's known as physical death, you need to be real sure that you've got your spirit, the real you, hooked back up with the life of God before that happens. It's called the born again experience. It's called it's called being born again. Be, get, I say it this way. Get your spirit hooked up with the life of God. Uh, can you say amen? The gift of God is eternal life. See, that eternal life comes when you get your spirit hooked back up with the life of God. Now, reading from my notes, Jesus Christ died for us. Jesus' death paid paid for the price of our sins. Jesus' resurrection proves that God accepted Jesus' death as a payment for our sins. You know, just a quick word about the resurrection here. See, when Jesus walked out of that tomb, it proved that God the Father accepted everything Jesus did on the cross. How many of you know Jesus is raised from the dead? And that's just God the Father saying, hey, I accept what he did on the cross, you see. But the point here is, is the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that mean, eternal life? That means you've got to get your spirit hooked back up with the life of God. Now then, that, that brings this question. How do you do that? How do you get your spirit Hooked back up with the life of God. How do you do that? And now we get to the fourth stop on the Romans road to salvation. It will show us how to access eternal life. It'll show us how to take hold of eternal life. Look at Romans 10, verses 9, starting verse 9. This is, these verses here, are the verses that I used. Because see, it took me some years to get my mom positioned from thinking, well, you know, I'm a good person. And because I'm a good person, when I die, I'll go to heaven one day. It, you know, being a good person won't get you to heaven. You need to understand that. So it took me some years to get her positioned from that. You know, you got to work with some people for a while and took me some years to get her positioned from that to get her positioned over here to where she realized she needed to receive Jesus and she did. And I used these verses of scripture right here to get my mother saved. All those years ago when she was in her full right mind, I'll never forget where, where we were. We, we were in her house, the old farmhouse sitting in her kitchen in front of her oven. And uh, I remember leading her. Remember I told you last week I prayed with my mother one and a half times. But the, the, that half of one, I won't go through that again. That one didn't, didn't count, but that first one did. And when we prayed, that, that time there in front of her stove, I used these verses right here to get her saved. Now, let's see what they say. That if you confess with your mouth. The Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart. You see, you will be saved if if what if what if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus See, some people say, well, I just want to believe on him, but I won't confess him. No, you have to you have to you have to believe and confess. Is that what that scripture says? Now, of course, you have people come in there and say, well, what if somebody can't talk? You know, they have a speech impediment. How many of you know God's a good God? (laughs) He's a lot gooder than we realize. I saw that this last week. But if you can confess, you need to, you know, if you don't have some kind of speech problem or something, if you what do you got to do? Confess with your mouth. Who do you have to confess? You have to confess Jesus as your Lord. And. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. See, we talked about that resurrection. You need to believe not only in In his death on the cross. But you also need to believe that on the third day that he was raised from the dead. I remember praying this with my mom. And leading her in this. When she confessed Jesus as her Lord. And and believed in her heart that God raised him from the dead. And if you do that, you will be what? You'll be saved. Now, you need to realize there's other scriptures you can use to get people saved besides this here. I mean, what does John 316 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes believes on him shall not perish but have eternal eternal life. Is that right? There's another scripture says, but as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who what? Believe on his name. So you see. The important thing is that, that a person believes in their heart on the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the jailers. Remember the, the jailer when Paul and Silas were in prison. Remember? And and they, they asked, they asked, uh, Paul, they said to Paul and Silas, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And remember what, what, what Paul said? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Remember that? So there's other scriptures you could use, but here in here in, in 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 the book of Romans, it makes it clear that there's there's and I think this is really the, the best one of all of them to use because it brings out that there's not only a, a believing in your heart that God's raised Jesus from the dead, but there's that confession element to it, too. So when you're leading some when, when somebody says, well, how do I get saved? How do I, how do I become a Christian? How do I get saved? How do I, how do I get my spirit hooked back up with God? How, how do I, how do I miss hell and make heaven? You can take him right here and say, if you'll confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved for with the heart. One believes under righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See that with the heart, one believes under righteousness. See, when you believe on Jesus, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And that's what I did with my mother all those years ago. And I led her in prayer and she confessed with her mouth. The Lord Jesus believed in her heart on the Lord Jesus that he'd been raised from the dead. And in that moment of time with her heart. She believed unto righteousness and with her mouth confession was made unto salvation. And she got born again right there. Now, why was that so important that we did that? Because all those years later, on November the 12th, in the morning, probably somewhere between 8 and 8, 820, somewhere in there. Wednesday, November the 12th, between 8 and 820, somewhere in there, her spirit left her body. And if we hadn't done that back there then, when her spirit left her body on November 12, 2014, it wouldn't have been good. I said it wouldn't have been good. I said it wouldn't have been good. Why wouldn't it have been good? Because if we hadn't done that back, back there, way back there then, she'd have went to hell. But thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank God, 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 thank God. Thank God. You wait till you see your mama or your daddy laying in that bed getting ready to die, and you wish to God in heaven that you'd taken that time. I said, Well you wish to God you'd taken that time. But oh thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God I did. 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 Oh, thank God I did. All those years ago, I led her in prayer. I led her to the Lord Jesus Christ on these scriptures. And all those years past November the 12th, Wednesday morning, somewhere between 8 and 8, 20 in the morning, somewhere in there, her spirit left her body and because she... Made Jesus Christ the Lord of her life. And she'd received Him as her, as her Savior when her spirit came out of her body. Glory to God. The holy angels of God were there. And in a moment of time, boom, took her. Took her up into heaven. To be with Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you haven't taken the time with your mama. If you haven't taken the time with your daddy if you haven't taken the time with your loved ones i implore you go out, go out and do it today 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 before it's too late i'm so glad i didn't wait until it was too late with my mom see if you wait until that last week that last two weeks when 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 they're when they're they're not all they're in their right mind. You don't know. I said you don't know. I said there's question marks all over that. But thank God I didn't wait till then. Did it years ago. Realize I'd say years ago. Years ago I spent that time. And got her to Jesus. Got her to, G- got her to Jesus. Got her to Jesus. Glory to God. Use these verses right here to do it. And all those years came and went. November the 12th. Wednesday morning, somewhere between 8 and 8.20, her spirit came out of her body. And because she'd received Jesus as her Savior, she was washed in the blood of Jesus. She went to heaven into the presence of God. Oh, dear friends, let this stir you up. Let this stir you up. Take the time with your loved ones before it's too late. Can you say amen? amen. Verse 11 for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. And verse 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of Jesus. It's the easiest thing in the world to get saved. I said, it's the easiest thing in the world to get saved. I said, it's the easiest thing in the world to get saved. The Bible says in another place that righteousness has come upon all mankind. We'll say it this way. Salvation has come upon all mankind. And the Holy Ghost hovers over everybody. Every sinner. The Holy Spirit hovers over every sinner. Just waiting for them to call on the name of Jesus. And the moment that they do, the power of God hits their spirit and recreates their spirit. Their spirit gets born again and they become a Christian forever to miss hell and forever to be in heaven. Glory to God. Is it hard to get saved? Absolutely not. Easiest thing in the world. I like what one preacher said. He said the dumbest thing anybody ever did is go to hell. Do you know any, everybody's in hell right now is out of the will of God? Did you know that? Because he's not willing that any should perish. And the dumbest thing anybody ever did is go to hell. Because it's so easy to get saved. Thief on the cross said, Lord, he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And boom, that quick. See, a lot of times, and I'll say this in a, in a moment, but I want to say it here now. A lot of times we get, we get, we get hooked up on all this, this mechanicalism. And trying to make everything mechanical and we have to say all the right words just the right way. You know, you can say all the right words just the right way, but if it's not coming from a heart of faith, it doesn't do any good. See, when I prayed with my mom, you know, we we said all the right things, but I know at that moment, I mean, she did it with a believing heart. Because see, the thing with my mom, you can learn something here. And I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. She always believed in the Lord. She always did. She never balked at it. You know what I mean, balking at it or bucking at it? If you ever t- shared Jesus with somebody and you start talking about it and they just start b- bucking up and balking? Huh? See, I have other family members. You start talking about Jesus, they start bucking, bucking up, ruffling their feathers. See, my mother never did that. She'd always believed in the Lord. But you see, she never came to a point where she received him. You have to do that. I said, you have to do that. I said, you have to do that. And so all those years ago in her kitchen, that's where I got her to. I got her with a believing heart, all right, but I got her to where she received Jesus. You see, you have to do that. And we did. Can you say amen? But with a believing heart, you don't have to say all the right words just the right way, but, but you have to have a believing heart, but you also have to call on the name of the Lord. You take a sinner with a believing heart, all they have to really say is, Jesus, come into my heart, and bang, that quick, they're saved. Did you hear what I just said? Are you okay? Are you out there? Are you gone home? Just that quick. Remember that fellow we talked about last week, that, that uh, tax collector? He, he went up on to, uh, he, to pray. He didn't even look up to heaven. He just hit his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Boom, that quick, he saved. You getting anything out of this? But somewhere you need to invite Jesus because he's a gentleman. And if you don't invite him, he won't come in. He'll stand at the door and knock. Righteousness has come upon all men, kind God standing at your door and knocking. Will you open that door up and let him in? See, how do you do it? You call on the name of the Lord. You believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead. You confess him with your mouth. And the Bible says, if you'll do that, you'll be saved. Now, let me finish this message up. Let me read from my notes because of Jesus's death on our behalf. All we have to do is believe in him, trusting his death as payment for our sins, and we will be saved. Jesus died to pay the penalty of our sins and rescue us from eternal death. Salvation, the forgiveness of sins, is available to anyone who will trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen? So, once we're saved, what does it mean to be saved? Well, I can just tell you this. You're going to miss hell and make heaven. is that wonderful? That's the big thing right there, isn't it? Now, there's a lot of other things that we get. Sure. When we get saved, we begin a relationship with our with God. He becomes our father at that point. See, I want to say this again because you'll hear people say this. Well, we're all God's children. No, we're not. Not according to the Bible. We're not. The Bible says there's two kinds of people in the world. Children of God, children of the devil. That's it. Spiritually speaking. And how do you become a child of the devil? Just be born into this earth, pass the age of what I call the age of accountability and do nothing at all. You live your whole life out as spiritually as a child of the devil, die one day and go to hell. Isn't that, that's horrible, isn't it? How do you become a child of God? It's very simple. Goes right along with what we've been saying here. The Bible says we're all the children of God by what? Faith in Christ Jesus. By believing in Jesus and trusting in him with all of your heart. So anyway, the final stop on the Romans road to salvation shows us the results of salvation. Notice in Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith. We have what? Peace. peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8:1, Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So, peace and no condemnation, those are two good things. Those are two Real good things. Because of Jesus's death on our behalf and his resurrection, we will never be condemned for our sins if we'll place our faith in him. And finally, on the last stop on the Romans road. We see the precious promise of God that nothing can separate us from the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation he's provided for us. Look at Romans eight, verse 38 and 39. Notice this. Romans 8, 39. The Apostle Paul. Someone who, who had experienced the salvation of Jesus. Is there anybody that's too mean or ugly or bad to get saved? No. Paul. Remember before he became Paul, he was Saul. Called himself the chief of sinners. He was a bad dude. He used to beat Christians up. Put him in jail. Is that right? But if the chief of sinners, he called himself that, can get saved, how much more are you and me? Is that right? Because you have to think about it. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, haven't we? But salvation is available to all. And you see, Paul is telling us here. A person who experienced salvation. And here's some good news. Notice what he says. Romans 8.38. He says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to what? To Separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Isn't it good to know that when we've placed our faith in Jesus and we and our spirit gets hooked back up with the life of God and we get saved. Isn't it good to know that there's nothing, 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 not not the devil, no demon. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And there's nothing that can take that salvation Away from us. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? If you think that's wonderful say amen. Amen. Stand with me if you would. So. We're going to conclude. I'm going to ask everyone here to pray this with me. Since what I've been doing today. Is just trying to show you. How you would lead somebody. Somebody. To the Lord using the Romans road, how you lead him to salvation using the Romans road. And uh, here is a sample prayer. That you could pray with them. This would be similar, not word for word, probably that I prayed with my mother all those years ago, but similar. And I want to say it again. The words themselves will not save somebody. But when the words are prayed to God in faith, believing, that's when they take action and that's when they will. So just pray this after me. This is just a sample prayer. But I tell you what, if you pray it with a believing heart, I tell you what, you get saved. You become a Christian. You get born again. Say this. Say, oh God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I realize I'm a sinner and cannot save myself. I turn from my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And right now I believe in my heart. That you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Savior. I confess you as my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just that quick, somebody can get saved. Just that quick. If those words are prayed with a believing heart. Did you get anything out of this today? Now, if you prayed those words with us, and you meant it in your heart, and and, 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 and this is... To your knowledge, the first time you've ever done that, then you got saved and there'll be some people standing up here in the front. Before you leave today, you need to get with those people and tell them that you made Jesus the Lord of your life. See, it's important to confess Jesus before man, before men. Jesus said, if you'll not confess me before men, I'll not confess you before my father, which is in heaven. See, my mother that day, she confessed Jesus before me. I'm a man. I qualify. See, she got saved. So it's important that you tell somebody. It's important that you you tell somebody. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, this was rich today, wasn't it? Learned a lot of things. Very rich. Okay, well, the arrangements for my mom's service and Paul's service are on the connections table. Love on a few people. If you need to come up here for prayer, these folks are up here not just for salvation, but maybe you need prayer with something else. Be sure to hand your tracks out this week. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed.